The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Well, it's Father's Day, so I got a couple Father's Day thoughts, a couple Father's Day uh, jokes. I, I, I got some, some top ten dadisms. Okay, and so uh, we're going to go ahead and go through these. If you're a dad, or uh, obviously you've had a dad, because you wouldn't be here without one. So maybe you've heard these top ten dad-isms. Uh, number ten, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Anybody ever heard that one? All right, number nine, check this one out. Number nine, here we go. If you were told to jump off a cliff... Would you? All right. Number nine, dadisms. Okay. Number eight, a little hard work never hurt anyone. Okay. Number seven, if you, are you raised in a barn? Anybody ever, ever heard? Are you raised in a barn? Okay. What about this? Number six, I'm not going to tell you again. <laughs> Anybody, any dad ever said that before? Uh, number five, I'm not sleeping. I'm just resting my eyes. Anybody, anybody ever heard their dad say that before? All right. Number four. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> uh, number three. When I was your age. Anybody ever had a dad that started out when I was your age? Number two. Money doesn't grow on trees. Anybody ever heard that one? All right, and number one, dadisms. You'll understand this when you get older. <laughs> All right, I, 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 have, I have a couple more here. I, I just thought they were funny. Bob was 16 and finally, finally got his driver's license. And in order to create that special day, the whole family went out to the driveway, climbed into the car to enjoy Bob's first drive official drive. However, dad went to the back seat and sat right behind his son. Bob said, dad, what are you doing in the back seat? You should be in the front. I guess you're just tired of teaching me how to drive. And dad quickly said, nope, I'm in the back seat. And while you're driving, I'm going to be kicking you in the, in the back because that's what you've done to me for the last 16 years. Uh, Another one is uh, this, this, uh, this young kid named Brian. Um, uh, um, this kid named Brian was uh, in bed and his parents heard him crying. And I, I think the one that we're looking at is the one on uh, the apple, uh, the little apple play. Um, it's quick, quick time. Quick time is the one. But anyway, um, Brian was in bed and his parents heard him crying. And uh, his parents walk in and he's sobbing, he's crying. And, and his dad walks in and says, son, what's going on? Dad, I, I swallowed a penny and I think I'm going to die. <laughs> and uh, the dad quickly um, pulls out the penny uh, from his pocket and puts it by his ear and pulls it out and says, here you go, son. You're not going to die. And the kid is so elated. He's excited. He snatches the penny, swallows it again and says, do it again, dad. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, uh, man, we're excited about Father's Day and we're excited that you're here. And uh, we just wanted to just open the scripture a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, Father's Day 
um, I'll tell you that, um, you know, it, Father's Day and talking about Father's Day is hard in, our, in, in America because um, there is a father factor. Um, some fathers are not around. Uh, other fathers are, have been busy. And uh, it's amazing. I was doing some research talking about the difference between Father's Day and Mother's Day. And um, there was this, uh, I guess, Hallmark a couple of years ago, it was, it was years and years ago, uh, did this free day uh, where all the inmates were able to send uh, Mother's Day cards. And they were overwhelmed. They ran out of cards. They provide the, the stamp and the Mother's Day card. And it, and it was great. And so they thought, well, Father's Day is coming around. We're going to do the same thing, except for the hardly, few, hardly any cards went out. And I, I think that we're in a, kind of a state of mind where we don't know how to deal with fathers. And because there is humanity in every father, um, we want and demand that every father be perfect. And the cool thing about what I'm about to talk about is that God does not require perfection. God doesn't require perfection to be a father, to be a dad. And um, I mean, I'm telling you, uh, and, and my mom is here, and I was raised by a single mom, and, and I thank God for her. But even my mom knew that she could not do it alone, and she had to put me in a place to be around other men. And, 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 and I'm just telling you, if you're a man in this room, you're vital to where we're going in this nation. And regardless if culture values you or not, you have been valued because the Bible values you. And today I want to talk about fatherhood. Now, I want to talk about some concepts that I've learned over the last 10 years of being a father. And um, I I don't know about you, but I don't do do a lot of Cokes anymore. I used to do a lot of Cokes, especially growing up, being a teenager. Dr. Pepper, you know, Coke. I don't know what what, what you liked, but uh, Sunkiss, Root Beer, uh, uh, Squirt. but I, may, I don't know what you liked, but you know, th- there's those, those fountain drinks or, or the cut when you, when you, they're in the bottle and you pop the top and you drink and the carbonation is so strong. It like burns your eyes and burns your throat. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I like that, but it's just like, Ah, and you, you, you can't even, you can't even like take another drink, but you want to because it's that burning sensation. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, the, the opposite also happens is, man, when you got a Coke and it's a little watered down, it's a little flat, you know, you're excited, you want to go in the fridge, there's a two liter there and you pour some into a glass and you're thinking, and you immediately know there's no fizz. And so you're like, okay, this is a bad deal. It's a bad deal. So you start to drink a little bit and it's, and the worst is when you go to a restaurant and they serve you a drink and, and, and the soda that you're drinking starts out flat. You're like, oh, I, just, I just can't do it. Like, I'll take water. You know, it's, and I think that, you know, it's a lot like fathering, you know, is that, you know, with fathering, um, you know, it's like the carbonation hitting your throat because when a father's on his game and it's good, come on, he can make the eyes water. 
tears of joy. Daddy, you're awesome. And he leaves an impression on you of love and security. And that love burns inside of young people. But when the dad's off and it's flat and it's watered down, Nobody wants it. <laughs> I mean, and that's the real. And so as we were starting to talk about this, man, I want to tell you that God has a calling on your life and you're an important part of the story regardless of even how you feel in a moment. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 127 verse 3 says this. Psalms chapter 127 verse 3 says, Children, behold, Children are a heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb of the reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are, chil- are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, for he shall not be put to shame when his enemies come to the gates. Now think about this. Now, I don't know about you, but parenting, parenting is tough. Go and leave that verse up there. Parenting, it, it has its tough moments. And I remember when I first started, we still first started having our kids and they were babies, people would come up to us and they would go, well, you know, man, you're just going to blink and you're going to miss it and just cherish these days. And I'm like, you, I'm surviving. What you talking about? I'm saying, well, I'm like, you need oxygen. You know, these kids are running around. It's crazy. They don't, they cry all the time. And, and I'm, and, and, and he, and he, and I was talking to him and he was like, no, 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 no. Here's what I mean. The days are long, but the years are fast. And, and if you're not careful, you'll miss it. And that scripture verse, go ahead and put it back up there, guys. Um, it says this. It says that, that children are, are a blessing. They're a blessing. You know, there's nowhere in the scripture where children are seen as anything other than a blessing. But if we're not careful, we will look at children at, oh, it's just, it's just so. And yet the, the reality is any responsibility that you have at, at, at moments is hard. But we as parents can't look at our children and look at what God has blessed us with. We have the future. And we can't, we can't look at this as like, oh, man, golly, this is not a blessing. The Bible says that there are arrows in our hand and that we are shooting them further and farther than we could ever go. You know, the goal for any parent, any father, is that your kids do better than you. Isn't that right? And here's what I want to say to you, is that God has you in a strategic place And if you're functioning in the role of a father, stepfather, grandfather, biological father, father figure, you are important not only to society, but you're important to the kingdom of God. You're important to what God is doing. And I have to be honest, as a father, I have a strong desire to do what God's called me to do. But there are some days I'm burning and there are some days I'm flat. You know, there's some days I'm, I'm, I'm in my game. I'm, I'm playing with the kids. I'm coloring a picture. I'm talk, we're sitting around family dinner, and it's, the kids are talking, and I leave the table, and I'm like, I'm the greatest father of the world. I'm the greatest father of the world. You know, I, I go back to my room after the kids go down, and they're like, Dad, we love you. It's good. And, I'm, and I walk back, and I, I got my man walk, you know what I'm saying? And my theme music's playing, Eye the Tiger, you know me. I'm walking in. I'm like, wow. 
And then there are days when, you know, I snap at one of my kids or I'm a little too hard or something happens and, and my, my kids are crying or something. And, and I, I'm like, ah, I don't even know why I had kids. God, I give them back to you. I'm sure there's other great fathers, other places. God, it's okay if you want them. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, man, and, and it's a hard dynamic as a dad to try to live in this awesome, not awesome, you know, burning flat, you know what I'm saying? High carbonation, where everybody's like, oh yeah. And then, eh, it's okay, it's cool. I'd rather have water. <laughs> and uh, man, how do you deal with that? And, and I wanna talk about, as we talk today, fathers who finish strong. Fathers who finish strong. James chapter two, verse 23 says this. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Now check this out. James 23 says that Abraham, 2.23, says that, says that Abraham was a friend of God. Okay? He was a friend of God. And I remember when, when we started to really get into church. Now, we, we, grew, we grew up Catholic, but, but then, you know, my parents got divorced and, and, and my mom brought us to kind of a, a more word-centered church and we really got plugged in and, and got involved in the church. And I remember being in children's church and them singing this song, Father Abraham. Okay, and I don't know if you've ever heard this song, but, but the song, Father Abraham has many sons. As many sons have Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And then we, you would do these motions, right? Arm, left, arm, right? You know, that, I don't know where they got that from Scripture, but you know what I'm saying? I guess Abraham was a break dancer. I, I don't know. But, but you would sing this song, and the kids were like, yeah, and it was so... Uh, and, and I remember reading... and. and uh, and thinking about Abraham, and man, Abraham's awesome. He does the coolest motions. Abraham is the man. He's the best father in the world. The Bible right here says that he was a friend of God. But then I get a little bit older, I start reading about Abraham. I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? It's a little, this story's a little different. I start reading about who he is and, and what he's done and, 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 and just... Walking through some of the events of his life, God establishes a, a covenant with Abraham and, and his, he, God changes his name. It was Abram and changed it to Abraham. And basically Abraham was in his, he was a very wealthy young man. And God said, I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your land and I want you to go somewhere where I'm going to show you. And Abraham starts on this journey and God has a covenant with Abraham. And he says, man, you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you land. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be the father of many nations. But Genesis chapter 20, verse 2, Abraham is with Sarah. And a, a king comes by and says, hey, what's up? Who's that? And Abraham is married to Sarah and he's like, oh man, no, no, that's my sister. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you were a husband in this room, you may have blown it. You may have messed up. You did not take out the trash. You did not mow the lawn. You forgot her birthday, but you never mistaked her as your sister. 
<laughs> Abraham sold his wife as a sex slave to the king. And you go a little bit further in Genesis chapter 16. He has a relationship with a woman that's not his wife, and his wife says, it's okay. <laughs> father Abraham is a dirty, is a dirty his father, you nasty old man. You know, I mean, I mean I, I'm out here singing a song. This is the greatest guy in the world. He's a friend of God. Is, you nasty man. <laughs> what? How in the world do we get here and, and I think there's a lot of things that, that we can talk about because, you know, if you're a man in this place, I, I want you to know there are days that you're going to be flat. There's days that you're going to burn. But God has a plan for your life. Yeah. And those flat moments don't have to define you. That's right. and, and, and regardless of who you are, single, young, married, mom, our mistakes do not define who God has called us to be. And many times we put unneeded pressure on us. And I'm so encouraged when I read these verses and I read about real people that God was able to use even though they weren't perfect. And what I get a story of is here is Abraham who is courageous, who sacrificed, who's obedient, who cares about his family and establishes a great family, but he's not perfect. And there's a couple things that I've learned as a dad that I want to remind you today. The first thing is this. God uses imperfect people. God uses imperfect people. All the time in scripture verse, God is using imperfect people. Abraham had flat moments, sin moments, wrong moments. Yet God never left him because he was in covenant. He was in covenant with Abraham. Father or not, if you're here today, you may have had some flat moments. But can I tell you this? In those flat moments, God does not leave you. God does not forsake you. And you may feel like no one wants you around and you like a flat coke and people trying to push you away. And, and you feel like, man, I, I've missed it. I've blown it so much. How in the world can I get back what I've lost? God can still use you and you're not done. That's right. Obviously, there were moments in Abraham's life when he messed up. But he ended strong. He ended strong. And man, I got to tell you that God uses imperfect people. The second thing I want you to see is that sacrifice is a part of fatherhood. Sacrifice is a part of fatherhood. Mama, right now, I'm just, I'm just starting to get into this. But I'll go buy some hair gel. I'll go buy something. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. My toothbrushes. My toothbrush? There are some things that are holy. <laughs> You're going to steal my toothbrush. You're going to steal my hair stuff. You're going to steal my... You, why, why are you even in my bath? You have a place to go to the bathroom. Why are you in my bathroom? And it's amazing. Can I tell you this? Your kids will never know the pressure that you're under and what you sacrifice. And when they get old enough 
to understand your sacrifice, they don't care because they're in the middle of sacrifice. <laughs> You're like, you want me to care about what happened 30 years ago? I'm dying today. I'm just, I'm on life support, baby. I, I can't. And so there are some things as a dad, as a mom, as a parent, that you're just going to have to live with. And realize that if you do well and your kids rise and they go further than you, then you will hear well done and it's got to be good enough to hear it from the Lord. It's got to be good enough to hear it for the Lord because you didn't do it for them. You did it for the Lord. God blessed you with these children so that you could take them and mold them and take them somewhere. You didn't do it so that they would return and come back and, do, and remember everything that you did for them. That's a contract. This is just love. My kids will never be able to repay me for what I've done for them. But if they can do it better for their kids yeah, than I did for them, I got my payment. I can't repay my mom or, or my dad. I can't repay them for all the things. I mean, braces and, and, and cars and lots of cars and all. I mean, I can't, I can't go back and do all that. But here's what I can do. I can launch Trevor. I can launch my kids and you can do the same for yours. And so here's what I, I want to let you know. If you're a parent, if you're a father, sacrifice is part of it. We work hard. We go without. There are some things that I want to do. I want to be an expert fly fisherman. <laughs> One day, you will see me throwing the rod. I'll have my vest and my hat throwing my rod. But right now, I got young kids. And so all of my money is sucked up into them lives. That's what I'm doing. And so, sacrifice is a part of fatherhood, and that's okay. The third thing that I've learned in, in, in fathering is this. Teaching is different than training. A lot of fathers want to teach. Let me, come on, let, me, let me tell you something, and, I, and I've done it. I've told you, but see, here's the deal. Training is different than teaching. And what you do every day, regardless of what you say every day, they will become who you are, not what you say. They'll become who you are. And so here's the thing. I watch my son do things that I'm, I, I'm like, I didn't even tell you, why are you doing that? And then my wife looks at me and I'm like, all right. <laughs> my son leaves his shoes everywhere. He's learned that from his mother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I didn't, we didn't have a lesson on that. I didn't teach him how to do that. He just does it. And, and, and so here's what I'm saying, fathers, is if you want a healthy house, if you want a healthy body, you have to be healthy. The health of the home goes up as dad is healthy. As mom is healthy. And so what I want to let you know is teaching's great, but they are learning what you're training them to do. And can I tell you that training has to be consistent. It has to be consistent. Oh, you're, you're grounded for 17 years. 
And then like in three days, you buy them a candy bar and a video game. What are you training? I know you're teaching this, but are you training this? Are you training our young people that there are no consequences? Are we training our young people that um, rebellion doesn't matter? Are we, training our conse- are we training our young people that, you know what, it doesn't matter what you do today because when you get older, you'll just kind of grow out of all that. That's, that's not reality. That's not reality. And so... I want to encourage, if we are going to end strong, if we're going to be fathers that end strong, we focus on our training. And here's the deal. We train ourselves. We train ourselves to get in the Word. We train ourselves. We, 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 we invite the presence of God to come in to our own lives. Come on. And they model what they see. Remember that, remember that song? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. We don't tell our kids, well, listen to what I say, but don't be like who I am. That all I know is to be like who you are. Because that's all I've seen. Listen, training is a lifestyle. Teaching is words, but training is life. The fourth thing that I've learned as, as going through just being a father is forgiveness is the glue that holds families together. Can I tell you that my children have blown it many times, but so have I. I've fallen flat. I've been flat. I've messed up. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? There was, <laughs> there was one. I mean, there's been times when I, I disciplined the wrong child. <laughs> I'm on the four-wheeler one time, and I got two kids right by me. And I'd given them a snack and I had told them, do not eat the snack. Wait till we get home. Because I didn't want it to open and fall and then fumble around and fall off the floor. Wait till we get home. And so I heard. (laughs) And I went, whap. I told you not to eat. Dad, that wasn't me. That was the other one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Phil, I don't know what to tell you. But damn, you know, but I, 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 I messed up. And there are times that I've messed up. And, and, and all of us, here's the deal. If we have to live perfect lives, then here's the deal. You're going to end up in isolation because nobody's perfect. You're going to end up by yourself. You're going to end up heavy. You're going to end up feeling like, like you're less than God's potential for your life. Because no, nobody's perfect. And so forgiveness is the glue that holds families together. You have to forgive your parents. You have to forgive your children. You have to forgive. And here's the deal. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. For some of us, there are memories that have been planted in our heads, and this is, was a big event. This was a big conversation. This was a big moment. And the devil loves to come. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And when he comes, we have to forgive. Come on, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. 
children need to understand and they need to, listen, they cannot show up at adulthood never walking through and seeing forgiveness. Because here's the thing, it may start with other people, it may be a teacher or a coach or a relationship, but it will eventually come to you because if we don't teach and train and show them forgiveness, and sometimes that means dad walks in and says, I'm sorry. Sometimes that means, you know what, we come together as a family and we pray and we, we, come on, we forgive each other, we love each other, we're, we're moving forward, we're on the same page. The Bible says you can't walk together unless you agree. And we can't have disagreement in the house. We forgive one another. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, y'all go ahead and put that on the screen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. This is when Abraham's about to die. This is the end of Abraham's life. Now, you may not know the story or you may not be up on the story, but Abraham has a son with his wife's slave and Sarah doesn't want that woman and that son around anymore. So she, she makes Abraham kick them out. You're going to have to leave. Okay? I, we don't want Ishmael here anymore. But I want you to see what happens at the end. When Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age and an old man full of years and was gathered to his people, his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in a cave. I want you to see that because what had to transpire, what transpired from the time that, that, um, Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael had to leave with his mom Hagar. What happened as they were leaving? What happened from that moment to the end of his life that would bring both sons back together? All I can say is there had to be some forgiveness. There had to be some moments. There had to be some reconciliation. There had to be, because I know that especially in this culture, <laughs> bear yourself. Ashes to ashes, dog. I'm not. No, you kicked me out. You let you. No, you didn't want me. <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do. <laughs> I'm in church right now. I tell you. <laughs> Both of his sons are there, burying him. Forgiveness is what holds families together, and I want to encourage you to lean into forgiveness, and it doesn't matter what was done. It does not matter what was done. It only matters what's happening in your heart. In your heart. In Genesis chapter 2, we're reading both of his sons are there. The last thing that I want to say about concepts from fatherhood is that God is faithful. God is faithful. And God was faithful to Abraham. Abraham made a covenant with God. I'm not going to tell you exactly how that covenant came about, but it was painful. <laughs> you can read your Bible. Uh, but all I'm going to say is this. That covenant, God remembered. And we are under a new covenant. And, and God sent Jesus, His only Son. And the same thing that 
God did with Abraham, Jesus did with us. Let's walk through it real quick. God tells Abraham, leave your country. He tells him the second thing. He tells him that he's going to make him. And the third thing that he says is, you're in covenant with me. Go over to the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 5, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Jesus was the one that says, You're a man, and you will leave. Abraham left. You are going to leave. He tells him that I'm going to make him. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says, Follow me, and I will make you. Abraham is told by God that you will be in a covenant relationship with me and I will be for you and I'll drive out your enemies and I'll make your name great and I will give you a land that you do not know of. Mark chapter 14 verse 24 says this, And he said to them, This is my blood, the new covenant which is shed for many. What I want you to know is in the Old Testament, there was just one man. But in the new, it's all of us. It's all of us. It's all God's got a plan for your life. And you may have blown it. You may have messed up. But what I want to let you know is that God is faithful. He's faithful. And we've got to be men that make it to the end. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.